The 14th century English mystic Julian of Norwich has been talked about by people in many different ways, but first and foremost, she's the author of an extraordinary text, The Revelations, which is the earliest known text authored by a woman in English. Personally, she has been a friend and companion in my Christian life for over 30 years. I'm the Reverend David Simmons, Episcopal priest and oblate in the Order of Julian of Norwich. Thank you for joining me as we read and pray through the works of this extraordinary woman of faith and explore what she has to teach us about God's love. Good morning. And welcome to Love Was His Meaning, Reading and Praying with Julian of Norwich. And we are up to chapter 67. Uh, but before we start in, let's start with the little office that is linked to in the description. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's say together Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall say to the Lord, You are my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom I put my trust. He shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his pinions, and you shall find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness shall be a shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of any terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in the darkness nor of the sickness that lays waste at midday. A thousand shall fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Your eyes have only to behold to see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, and the Most High your habitation, there shall no evil happen to you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, and keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone, you shall tread upon the lion and the adder. You shall trample the young lion and the serpent under your feet. Because he is bound to me in love, therefore will I deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him to honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us say together a prayer of Julian. God of your goodness, give me yourself, for you are enough to me, and I can ask nothing that is less that can be full honor to you. And if I ask anything that is less, I shall always be in want, for only in you have I all. Amen. So, chapter 67 is the beginning of the 16th revel and final revelation. And then our Lord opened my spiritual eye and showed me my soul in the midst of my inner self. I saw my soul as large as if it were an endless world, and as if it were a blessed kingdom, and by the circumstances I saw in it, I understood that it was an honorable city. In the midst of that city sits our Lord Jesus Christ, true God and true man, a handsome person and of tall stature, highest bishop, a most honorable Lord. And I saw him arrayed with great pomp and honor. 
He sits in the soul, calmly, upright, in peace and repose, and he rules and guards heaven and earth and all that exists. The manhood sits with the Godhead in repose, and the Godhead rules and guards without any agent or activity. And the soul is wholly occupied with the blessed Godhead, who is supreme power, supreme wisdom, and supreme goodness. The place that Jesus takes in our soul, he will never move it away forever, as I see it, for in us is his most familiar home and his eternal dwelling. And in this, he showed the delight that he has in the creating of man's soul, for as well as the Father had the power to make a creature, and as well as the Son had the knowledge to make a creature, equally well did the Holy Spirit have the wish that many souls be made, and so it was done. And therefore the Blessed Trinity rejoices without end in the creating of man's soul. For he saw from without beginning what would please him without end. Everything that he has made shows his lordship. An understanding was given at the same time by the illustration of a creature that was led to see great nobility and kingdoms belonging to a lord, and when he had seen all the nobility below, then marveling, he was moved to go above to the high place where the lord dwells, knowing by reason that his dwelling is in the most honorable place. And thus I understood truly that our soul can never have rest in things that are beneath itself. And when it comes above all created things into the self, still it cannot remain in the contemplation of the self, but all its contemplation is blissfully fixed on God, who is the creator dwelling in the self, for in man's soul is his true dwelling. The highest light and the brightest shining of the city is the glorious love of our Lord as I see it. And what can make us rejoice in God more than to see in Him that He rejoices in us, the highest of all His works? For I saw in the same showing that if the Blessed Trinity could have made man's soul any better, any more beautiful, any nobler than it was made, He would not have been wholly pleased with the creation of man's soul. But because He made man's soul as fair, as good, as precious a creature as He could make it, Therefore the Blessed Trinity is wholly pleased without end in the creation of man's soul, and he wills that our hearts be powerfully raised above the depths of the earth and all vain sorrow, and rejoice in him. Okay, so this, this last short um, introduction to the, the remainder of the book um, has this starting vision of this idea of... Um, our soul is being large and we're talking about you know each one of she's talking about her soul specifically so she's having a very personal revelation that her soul is a blessed kingdom an honorable city um, and in the midst of that city our lord jesus christ to god and to man sits so that this idea that man's uh, human humanity's soul um, uh, is is has God at the center. So God never, there's a part of us, as we've read before and heard before, that is wanted to God and is never removed from that position, is always in that position of having, of being in union with God. There's another part that is not, and that's, that's part of the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, rough for, for the entire book and, and Julian's questions. But there is this part, and so she has this vision of this fair city. Um, down lower, she says, the illustration of, of a creature led to see the great nobility and kingdoms belonging to a lord. And when you've seen the, all the fields, all the, um, uh, all the, the castles, all, everything below, the person is naturally led to the highest point in the kingdom where you, is where you assume that the lord sits. 
Um, this is kind of why I titled this one Minus Tirith. I've been reading Lord of the Rings as, as a Lenten discipline along with a group on, um, on Facebook. So I was thinking in Tolkien terms about this. But the idea of that, that city with the, the, the gates that, that lead up to the, the highest place where the, the Lord Steward lives uh, certainly came to my mind when I was reading this. And this place that Jesus takes in our soul, this highest place, he will never move it away forever because it's his most familiar home. So, once again, we're contrasting that idea of Jesus as the highest Lord, but also the most homely person you would ever meet, the, the, the most familiar. Uh, so, it's, our soul is his most familiar home and his eternal dwelling. Uh, and then we get some 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 great Trinitarian language here that the um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all have part in the creation. We often um, think about creation as being wholly the realm of the Father, but it's it's not. You know, the, the three parts of the Trinity in classical Christian theology work in concert, and the, so the Blessed Trinity rejoices without end in the creating of man's soul. For he saw from the beginning what would please the Trinity without end, and everything that was made shows the lordship of God. And the brightest light and the, and the uh, brightest shining of the city is the glorious love of the Lord. And what can make us rejoice in God more than to see him, that he rejoices in us the highest of all his works. Um, and then she ends with a, with a really important point. Because God made man's soul so fair, so good, so precious a creature as God can make it, Therefore, the Blessed Trinity is wholly pleased without end in the creation of man's soul. This goes back to the idea of Genesis, uh, when God creates humanity. God looks at humanity and says, uh, says to everything that's created that it calls it good. But when God creates humanity, God says, this is very good. Um, and this is the part that is very good, the part that is created, that is the dwelling for the Holy Trinity, is the, dw the dwelling for Jesus. Um, that our soul is as precious a creature, more beautiful, more noble than any it would may be made. If it wasn't that way, uh, God would never have been happy with it. But it is, uh, despite the fact that it's tarnished by sin, that we have all sorts of issues like that. There's this part of us that is that eternal beauty that was created by God. And this is for for those of us who work in issues of social justice. Um, this is kind of, this this language that goes back to Genesis is kind of the basis for why you do this. I mean, if if we are all created uh, more as beautiful as possible, as beautiful as, as God could do, and if God is this, if if God sits in the seat of our souls, every single one of us, then there's a certain amount of respect, honor, and um, uh, uh, justice that is due to each one of us because of that residing of God in our souls, uh, and that should inspire us to um, actions for, for justice uh, and for peace uh, in order to honor that part of the image of God that, that lives in each one of our souls at any given time. Let us continue with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I ask your prayers for people in places of war, especially remembering the Ukraine. And I ask your prayers for those on our parish prayer list and bid your prayers and intercessions at this time. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Let us pray. Most holy Lord, the ground of our beseeching, who through your servant St. Julian revealed the wonder of your love, Grant that as we are created in your nature and restored by your grace, our wills may be so made one with yours that we may come to see you face to face and gaze on you forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning this morning. I hope you have a blessed day and a blessed week. And until we see you again, God bless. Thank you for joining me for Love Was His Meaning today. This podcast is generally available twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The text of Julian's Revelations used in this podcast is The Complete Julian by Father John Julian Swanson OJN and is used by permission of the Order of Julian of Norwich. The theme music is Julian of Norwich by Bombadil and is used under license.